Hi everyone, it's Maria Recruit here from All Things Niagara. And you know, there's been a real problem because of COVID-19 that uh, many uh, tenants are not leaving the homes they're living in and they're living in homes without paying rent. They are destroying the properties. And there is a definite shortage in the Niagara area. And I have a wonderful city councilor, Lori Lococo, who, who approached me actually, because she had heard from one of the landlords that their property was being destroyed. And I said, yes, Lori, that's very true. This is what's going on all over Canada, actually, but a lot in Ontario because uh, th they had stopped evictions of all sorts. The landlord and tenant board is only open online, not in person. And I doubt it's going to open up until November 2020. And so the, the, the landlords are being getting very frustrated and they're starting to sell their properties off. And that will even shorten the amount of, of uh, housing we have because no one is going to come in and purchase a house with a tenant in there that's not paying and, and is not leaving either. So, you know, this is a real problem we have in Ontario and especially now in the Niagara region where I know of people who uh, are not renting out their places at all. They prefer to keep it empty than have bad tenants in there so that's not that's not really good for everyone neither the tenants who want to find a place nor for the landlord who's trying to evict a tenant who's destroying their properties and not paying rent so thank you for being my guest Lori Lococo thank you and Dave Wheeler thank you my co-host Dave Wheeler is on here with me and he will have his two cents of course so Lori tell me I know you've heard from <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know, Lori, you, you called me up about a month ago um, asking me some questions. You had a, a landlord get in touch with you. So did you want to just share with us a little bit about this, please? Hi. Thank you so much, Maria, for having me on this show. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to do this. I, I've been contacted by many different landlords, and it's not just through COVID, but it expanded into months ago. And what people were saying was um, because of the Landlord and Tenant Act, some of the landlords are having difficulty with evicting tenants because it takes so long to get through the process, and they can go five or six months without paying rent. So that was one issue. And because our vacancy in Niagara is so low, we do not have a lot of units available, let alone affordable units. So I wanted to talk to some landlords and find out what their experiences were. Usually this isn't a municipal issue. It's usually a provincial issue. But I really do feel that it is a municipal issue because it's happening to our residents, our residents as landlords and our residents as tenants who are having a difficulty time a difficult time finding um, a place to live as well. And then COVID just threw an added layer on top of all of this. Yeah, yeah I know. And I'm so glad that you reached out to me because not many politicians have reached out to me. And I'm very much involved being the uh, president of the Canadian Real Estate Investors Association, the Niagara Landlords Association. So I'm very much involved. I've been in real estate for 20 years now and only in the Niagara region. So I know very, very well what's going on. And it's gotten worse with the Landlord and Tenant Board. Uh, years ago when I had uh, my last eviction process, which was probably around 2008, 2009, it didn't take very long, but now people can wait up to a year. And would you believe, have I told you right now, somebody just evicted someone who was in their property for four years 
They couldn't oh get rid gosh. of it. Now that is a tragedy. That's a tragedy for anyone who owns property. You're going to lose your shirt and, and no one in their right mind will go into this business, Lori, which means the supply is going to get smaller and smaller. Because let's face yes. it, who wants to buy a property with a tenant in there that's not paying and you can't evict them? You'd be crazy, you know, for any investor to go into a property like that. So this is yes. not helping the short supply. And it's certainly not ha helping the tenants or the landlords. Dave, I know you're I know you're involved with the Kiwanas, that you have your own building you put up there. How are things going over there for housing? We have three buildings actually. We have uh, one on Atlantis, one on Buckley, and now we have a new one. Well, fairly new. It opened about one year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, not quite one year ago, about 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's on uh, Barker Street. It's the old uh, Battlefield School. In fact, it's called the Battlefield, uh, Qantas Battlefield uh, Senior thing. So what, what, the, what the, the last one was that I, I spoke of on Barker Street, is one set up for seniors so there's uh there's a few market priced units in there they're they're, they're moderately priced for what you what you get in the market but most of them are for are are units uh for low paying or people with low incomes mm -hmm. and uh, so for instance they uh at one time they had a two bedroom for let's say about 850 dollars all utilities all paid mm -hmm. so that's all you do is pay that $850. So, and, but they had, though that was a two and they had smaller ones, a single, single room and uh, uh, single bedroom ones, uh, th which are the most popular, but all in all are. Dave, I think we've lost him, Lori. I <laughs> think he's back. frozen. He's frozen. He'll come back. He was saying his internet wasn't working really well when he came on, you know? Okay. Well, Lori, tell me what you've heard from the landlords. Sure. Uh, have, uh, how is it? There he is. Yeah, but <laughs> now you're frozen. <laughs> no, I'm here. You're the one that keeps getting frozen and unfrozen. Are you working towards a Christmas, Santa? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's that's another beef I've got. Like, I, I, I grew this beard to look like an erudite gentleman like like Charles Darwin or Tennyson or Bernard Shaw. What do I get? Santa Claus. Every time. Santa Claus. Every single time. You know, I get no break. Although I did get one Gandalf. I did get one Gandalf. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to take you off the uh, off the road. We're talking about housing here, okay? So, okay, we heard about the Kiwanis having three buildings, and I know that you want to build more for low income, but you're having trouble with getting, I guess, um, the licensing for it, and and um, you know, going through. No, well, right? when we uh, when we were built the last one, uh, we had a a hitch. It was uh, they they dug down twenty five feet, and they and they found some sort of chemical. They thought which is similar to the types of chemicals they use in embalming. And, and so there's, beside it, there's uh, Morrison Sun and there's a graveyard behind it. Okay. So so they thought, uh, well, that held everything up for a year mm -hmm. until they decided that that really wasn't an issue at all, but it took that long. Mm -hmm. the, problem, uh, the problem getting, doing something like this is all the hoops you have to jump through. Mm -hmm. I think if, if the city and the region were really, really serious about, about making more affordable housing they would have somebody that that, that you can 
just say, what do I got to do? And they'll do it for you. They'll, they'll go through the, the motions or tell you exactly what you do until you, unless, until you, unless you struggle around trying to find this or that. So what we find is we have a, I'm on the board of uh, nonprofit housing, Qantas nonprofit housing. And, and, and we have to discuss, uh, oh, like first was one of our buildings, the plumbing's old. So what do we do? How, how much of it do we replace and so on? And we were, we were offered uh, heating elements for the electric heat, uh, but it had some conditions on it that weren't, weren't worth it for us to, to, uh, to uh, commit to. So there's all kinds of things like that. So, but the main thing is, it's very, very difficult to, to provide uh, affordable housing. Um, and there is nobody out there that really does it other than, I, I, well, there is the government, I suppose, but it's groups like us that, that do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is a, as a, as a really, really, really big need for it. Like, like, I can't tell you how much need there is for it. Thank you, you know, David. I, I, what I'd like to say right now, David and Lori, is that if the landlords, the small landlords were treated better, and people weren't allowed to stay in their homes without paying. They weren't allowed to get to get away with destroying a property. Then you have you don't have to worry about a housing supply. The small landlord is the one that is available towards you to you, right? But if let's say there are there are there are landlords who have actually you know invited people in the lower income from uh, um, Ontario Works or uh, having a disability and so they come with their workers and they say yeah the worker says yes we will make sure they pay and then the, the tenant themselves stays one or two months and then after that says to the worker well I don't want you to pay the landlord anymore I'm going to pay them myself but what happens Lori is that the tenant doesn't pay the landlord and they stay yes, in there for months now that's a problem now if the government were to fix that and guarantee the money goes to the landlord and not the tenant you wouldn't have any housing issues and that's yes, what the government i agree yeah they're not seeing that so so some of the things that have been happening at the provincial level the landlord and tenant act was brought in to provide tenants um, rights and I think it's gone the other way now that the tenants have more um, freedom to do some things that are not not the best for the landlords. So uh, as you brought up about Ontario Works and Ontario Disability, quite often the workers will sign the form that the, the rent will be directly deposited to the landlord, but the tenant can change that at certain times. And I've even heard of people will work out on a calendar that they'll get their first and last month's rent from mm-hmm. um, Ontario Disability, and then they won't pay the next month, and then they count how many time, how many months it's going to take to go to court. That's yeah. not everybody, but it is definitely definitely a challenge and what what I have found is a lot of landlords who used to rent long term Mm -hmm. stop doing that because of all of these things the damages not getting paid uh, utilities not being paid and they moved over to short-term Airbnbs that sort of thing and within Niagara Falls we're sort of on hold right now with that and we have to look at different things that will satisfy the need in in the travel industry of people wanting to stay in Airbnbs Airbnbs. We need to have affordable housing. We need to have units available. So it's a very multifaceted problem and issue, and we have to come up with lots of different solutions. 
Yes, and I'm so happy that you've decided to to approach me about this because I've I've it's been one of my concerns, and you know I've written about it, I've had shows about it, and we've even gone. I mean, there was a white paper that was presented to the Ministry of Housing, and you know, um, with Stephen Clark's office, and they didn't even come back to us. They they didn't even pay attention to anything we said, and so what they did is they continued holding off. The London Tenant Bar Board became more laborious. They they put things off for months and months and then when the COVID hit in March that was the end of it and it just started up in August or July I think middle of July I think it was but it, but people didn't even know how to do this and the, the people yes, I agree. yeah it's just been it's been it's you know what it's crazy it really is it shouldn't this shouldn't be happening you should be able to have uh, you should be able to talk to someone the adjudicators online properly you know, with this, with all the parties involved, let's make a decision and get on with it. And if we have to evict, then let the landlord evict. How how long can you have someone paying, not paying, and staying in your home? And then your mortgage companies ha have had to defer because there's no money coming in. So yes, I don't yes. understand government. Why don't they pay directly to the landlord? Then you wouldn't have any problem. The people can stay there. That's the only thing that. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the challenge, the challenge on that is OW or ODSP allows the the tenant to change the authorization, and they change it right away. So that's one of the issues. One of the ladies that did contact me, she owns a few properties in Niagara Falls, and she purchased a home with tenants in it, and they stopped paying rent in about September of last year. So she was in the process of evicting them. She was supposed to have a hearing in January, and for whatever reason, it was it uh, was uh, postponed and then COVID hit. So she finally got the sheriff in, I think it was around the middle of August, uh, towards the end of August. And by the time that they were removed, they broke back in the sheriff, uh, the police had to come again. There's uh, tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage to the property. In addition to them not paying rent for all of those months in addition to the utilities not being paid. So it's definitely a challenge and I really would like to talk to other landlords to find mm -hmm. out how how much is this happening? How much money are you losing? Because if I can have some, some clear concrete data, then we can start to go to the provincial government. I know as a city council at one of our meetings, we did ask to have a letter go to Minister Clark to talk about looking at the Landlord-Tenant Act from the landlord's perspective, because it's making it so difficult for them. So we are trying to do it. And I know it's not a municipal issue, but I really want to have some experiences. And what I have done is created a survey and I've sent Maria the survey and she's going to post it. And I I hope that landlords will share some of their experiences so we have some some good concrete information to say you know 10 people responded to the survey and they've all lost x number of dollars here's the challenges that they've had these are our neighbors these are our residents and we need to do something about this <laughs> uh, and i really salute you for doing it because the landlords are losing millions of dollars this is not a one or two of it's thousands and thousands of landlords and i'm reading every day on facebook where landlords are just getting out of the business completely 
completely. Yes. And, and they may yeah. have 10 properties. They're getting out of it completely. They're selling it off. They're just going to be lending money to people because it's too difficult to make money as a landlord because you have no rights as a landlord. So you're going to be, the supply is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And you're going to have more and more people on the street. Like I'm surprised in St. Catharines, Lori, how many people are homeless over there pushing buggy carts. I never saw that yes. before. Two or three yeah. buggy carts. What the heck's going on here? You know, there's a lot of factors, Maria. Yeah, there's there's a lot of factors. I think because of um, some of the mental health challenges that people have been having, we've been having uh, a higher increase of people needing help and not being able to get help. We've mm -hmm. had the affordable housing that there's not a lot of it. When when somebody gets eleven hundred dollars from ODSP and they have to pay a thousand dollars for rent, that doesn't really leave a lot in there. So I, I think we need to look at a lot of different solutions. I know there's a lot of talk right now about a guaranteed annual income, something like that. That um, you know we can look at that. Some some cities are looking at a living wage, and what that does is it lists all of the expenses for that particular city and says a person would have to make X number of dollars per hour in order to live. And mm -hmm. some cities and corporations are signing up to say, yes, we're going to be a living wage corporation so we can pay our people a decent amount that they can live. So there, there's a lot of components to it. And what I would really like to see is we always talk about rights, rights, rights. Mm -hmm. I think the landlord has rights and responsibilities and mm -hmm. the tenant has yes. rights and responsibilities. Yes. And we have to work those responsibilities mm -hmm. into a program that's going to work for everybody. I agree. Well, you, you mentioned agree. Airbnb, like, um, like Maria said that a lot of people are switching over to Airbnb and yet there, there has, there's a lot of problems with regulations or, or formalized regulations for Airbnb. Uh, you were touching on it earlier. Can you sort of uh, go over that with us? Sure. In, in Niagara Falls, we were only allowed Airbnb in certain areas, general commercial, tourist commercial, neighborhood commercial, and commercial. A lot of times we're dealing with old laws and then new things come in and we have to adjust our laws to the new things like Uber to taxi, that sort of thing. So what we were in the process of doing is uh, there were a lot of landlords that didn't want to deal with the long term anymore. They wanted to deal with short term. And the Niagara Falls Airbnb Association appealed our local bylaw to have um, the Airbnbs. And by appealing it, that meant that it was put on hold. So we were in the process of dealing with that, of working with the, the Airbnb hosts and working with the city to see what did they want, what did we want, what were the neighbors saying, what were the issues. We were trying to come up with all of the, the issues and some solutions. And then when COVID happened, that got put on hold. So right now, technically, we do not have a bylaw in place for Airbnb and a lot of a lot of people are very upset that there's Airbnbs in residential neighborhoods you know the party houses and the 20 cars parked out on the on the grass and that sort of thing so our city bylaw what they're doing right now is they will um, address noise concerns garbage and parking and will um, take note of the address to see if we've had complaints on it and start a process that way and until this comes back for the appeal we're, we're sort of stuck in a in a, a rock in a hard place because we can't really move forward until that that is dealt with and do they, definitely uh, are, 
is part of the assessment going to look at the house and, and determine how many guests they can have? Like these party houses are just jammed up with kids. I heard or young people having a hoot. So it could be like 20 people in a bungalow. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, it was part of the assessment have to do with how big the, the places and, and the limitations on how many guests they can have. Part, part of it will look at, I guess, the size of the house, the fire regulations, parking, like usually if you have, say, an apartment with so many units in it, you have to have so many parking spaces. So again, that will become part of it. Um, we're going to be looking at different areas in the city, what, what would be allowed. So it, it's going to encompass everything, but everything's sort of been put on hold at this point because of the appeal and because of COVID. But there's a lot of things that, you know, I'm going to go back to the rights and the responsibilities. It, it shouldn't just be a, a money maker that someone's not going to have any, any responsibilities of paying taxes, having inspections, doing those types of things, paying licenses or, or whatever. So we have to make sure it is a business all around the world. It is something we live in a tourist town. Um, a lot of people come here to Niagara Falls. It is something that we should have. I do believe that we should have Airbnb, but we need to have certain guidelines and regulations of about where, how, and if, if that includes fees, inspections, or, or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, certainly I have my short-term rentals in the town of Niagara Lake. And I mean, I'm, I'm fully licensed and have been for 20 years. And you really can't be running any type of short-term rental without a license. So mm -hmm. and that has nothing to do with long-term. You can run long-term rentals, but not short-term rentals. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I, I realize that, you know, it's been hard because city, you know, city council, I guess you're still holding meetings, but the city hall isn't doing very many things, are they? I mean, is they're still not in the offices, are they, Lori? There's some people that are in the office. You can come into City Hall by appointment for some specific things, mm -hmm. and then others you have to do online or, or that sort of thing. So we're, we don't have, um, we're not running at full capacity. Mm -hmm. There are people that are working from home. There are people that are working from, from City Hall. So it's really important that we we look at this because I know at the beginning when Airbnb was was talked about, some of the complaints were that they were landlords or, or owners that owned the place running an Airbnb and didn't take care of the lawn or didn't take care of the unit. And I, I think that's sort of gone by the wayside because if you have an Airbnb that's not kept up and it doesn't look nice, people will not review it well and then you'll not get other guests. So I think that part has gone away but we mm -hmm. definitely need to address the residents concerns saying you know I, I, I bought my house in a residential neighborhood I don't want a business next door with new people coming in there every day staying up till five o'clock in the morning and partying so we need to address all of those. Sure, and certainly in Niagara Lake that has been addressed and it is addressed, right? And we yes. in Niagara yes. Lake can have our homes in any area as long as we have the proper parking, right? Right, and then we have right. Parking. parking's important. Parking is very important, and, and uh, what happens is every year the bylaw officer comes and inspects, the fire inspector comes and, and, and inspects, and we get licenses for four years, but we have to renew it. We have a licensing fee every single year, you know, so I mean, that might be something that Niagara Falls will use as an example, because I know I made a deputation to City Hall about that, stating, why don't you look at what's happening in Niagara Lake? It's being run very successfully by both the association, the people 
who own the properties and also the the city hall right which is you know right. working all together so yeah. if somebody wanted to go ahead and see <clears throat> excuse me if they could make their airbnb uh or get a license for that is that are they able to do that or they can't is that something they can't do at this time call in city hall and find out if they can run up the airbnb lori Right now, because of the appeal of the bylaw, we're unable to issue any licenses. So if you look back to bed and breakfasts, we have bed and breakfasts in Niagara Falls. They have specific licenses. So that was another facet to this whole issue is the bed and breakfast had their own set of rules and guidelines and inspections. And how do we utilize bed and breakfast, Airbnb as well. So, you know, we had to look at those those two. But right now we're, we're just on hold and we really need to move forward because, you know, what, I, I remember one of the ladies that came and gave a, a presentation regarding the Airbnb and she said, I only work so many um, months of the year and during the other, I could choose to go on unemployment insurance, but I decide yeah. not to. I rent out a room or two in my house and that's how I get by. So there, there's a lot, and, and with now, with COVID and, and changes of everyone's employment, I think we're going to see more and more of that. And mm -hmm. one, one of the things that was very, very clear in the research that was presented to us is that the owner-occupied ones were usually not the issue. No, So I if know. someone was living there, there that, those weren't the issue. It yeah. was the ones that weren't. The house, yeah. Especially with the what house. The, uh, what about the resistance of the big hotel owners? I, I've I've heard this a number well not a number of times but a few times like the big hotel owners are against the Airbnbs they're the ones that pay the big taxes they're the ones that you know that kind of argument they don't want the competition what uh, is you've heard anything like that uh, or well I definitely did of, hear that earlier but yeah one of the points that I think is valid is um, the hotels are paying the what is it called? MAT, the municipal accommodation tax. They pay $2 per room per night for that. So if we yeah. were to look at Airbnb, is that something that we would like to do? And again, it's like Uber and taxi. You have a new thing that has come in that a lot of people were utilizing and they didn't have the guidelines and the taxes and, and all of that. So we have to look at it fairly that if Airbnb is considered accommodation in Niagara Falls, then it needs to be treated the same thing as a, a hotel room. So th yeah. those are some things that we're talking about and discussing and, you know, what, what is the impact? How many rooms would it be? How do they send the money in? Um, you know, there's a lot of things, but that, that is definitely one of the concerns is that if they are going to be looked at as an accommodation, a legal a legal accommodation, then they should be ad addressed as a legal accommodation and then taxed or fees. Yes, or, or whatever else, right? Or license. Yes, yes. License, inspections. And, and yeah. again, you know, the, the hotels go through inspections, fire inspections and health and safety and, and all of those. So uh, Air, um, not Airbnb, B&B, Bed and Breakfast, they go through certain inspections as well. So it's not really fair for an Airbnb to not have those regulations as well. So we have to put them all on a, a legal playing field, a level playing field. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, basically absolutely. the same thing though, Airbnb and B&B? &B? Seems no. like, except the no, only thing no. different is the breakfast. No, 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 Airbnb no it's on this site. 
it, all it is is people are renting out their rooms or their houses. It's a listing site. A bed and breakfast is a house where you serve breakfast. That's been traditional, um, you know, in England and all over Canada for centuries, you know, even in the United States, all over the world. So Airbnb is a new phenomenon. That's all it is, is you're renting out a room in your house and then it, it evolved into renting a whole house or whatever else. Completely different. Yeah. It, it got very confusing in the sense that Airbnb is a brand name, just like Kleenex is to tissue. Airbnb was the, the brand on, on the website, the website that you would go to to list all of those. And you can do uh, VRBO, Airbnb. So it's just the brand name. But the those ones are, are not paying the fees through the city or not going through the inspections through the city. So that that's the thing that we have to look at. And usually, well, not, not not necessarily, but the Airbnbs, you might not have the owner living there. A bed and breakfast, usually there's is an owner or a manager who's yes. on site there. Exactly. So that's exactly. the difference. Exactly. Now, I, I have a question for you, Lori. Is there housing yes. available in the Niagara region that needs some upkeep and, and maybe have not been filled with people who need housing? Like, Because I know in Toronto, there's rows and rows of buildings in Toronto that they just have been abandoned. And, this, and the city of Toronto is not taking care of it or, or, or fixing it up, which would probably house a lot of people, you know? Interesting. So, so I'm just wondering, I know a lot of people end up in motels, which is which is another wonderful thing. I mean, what, what the city may want to do is purchase motels and use that for housing. It's there already. I mean, why right. why go into millions of buildings and just a couple, you know, a couple apartments when you have motels that have a lot of a lot of rooms or even small, you know, small landlords that are willing as long as they get paid. And their homes well, aren't yeah. destroyed. A couple of things. One, I'm not aware of rows and rows like in Toronto of a building sitting vacant. I'm not aware of that in the Niagara region. Hopefully, we don't have any. Um, the, the second thing regarding the, um, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. The motels. Uh, the, motels. the motels. Because we're in Niagara Falls, we've had so many motels over the years that the tourists don't really want to stay in anymore. They want to go to the nice, big, expensive ho hotels with all of the, the amenities. So we have all of these smaller hotels that what was happening was we were ending up having people on lower income living in the hotels on the off season. Sometimes they would be evicted during the summer months to have the, the um, tourists, but sometimes that didn't happen. So again, one of the things we were in the middle of, it's called single room occupancy. It's called SRO. Because technically, anytime someone lives in a hotel room for more than 28 days, it's illegal. The hotel is supposed to be a short-term stay. So what yeah. we were finding is there were a lot of hotels that were living allowing people to live in there below standards. Some people didn't have running water. Some people didn't have electricity. There would be bed bugs. Oh and because this is Niagara and we have so many people on Ontario Works and Ontario Disability or working uh, tourist jobs in the office in the, in the season and then unemployed for the other season, we have so many people that need lower income accommodations. So what we were doing with the single room occupancy is, again, having rights and responsibilities. The land, the owner, the landlord would have to have inspections, fees, those sort of things that they were 
you know, they had to have running water, they had to have a kitchen area, a bathroom. Those are things that we were in the process of doing. The, the, the downside to that is if you ask or enforce a hotel owner to upgrade their hotel because it's it's in disrepair, now they're putting money into it and now they can ask more money for the room, which is counterproductive to what you wanted to do to have the, the lower income rentals there. So we are in the process of doing that for single room occupancy as well. There are a lot of motels and we can fill them with a lot of people here. And technically, housing is not part of what the municipality does. It's part of the region, the Niagara region. Okay. okay. So there's certain things that the city could do to help with different different aspects of that. But that we're not in the housing business. We don't want to purchase things and own them and run them, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's, it's the region that really should be doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there is a lot of, uh, in the region itself, there's probably a lot of places that are vacant some old factories and things like that, that uh, mm -hmm. uh, we even the old, uh, uh, the old GM plants that are being raised now on Ontario Avenue. There's room there, I suppose, for, for uh, uh, affordable housing. However, I have a feeling that like, people don't want, uh, some certain areas probably don't want uh, too much affordable uh, housing in their neighborhoods because yeah. the, the yeah. whole idea is if you concentrate a lot of uh, people, who are have histories of mental illness and low income and that it, it breeds uh, breeds mm -hmm. crime and things like that. Mm -hmm. The so. best thing to do is to have mixed use that it's not all low income. You have a mixed use. I, I will share this with you. When I've looked at different properties and investigated them and asked about them, like you just brought up GM, Dave, mm -hmm. a lot of the properties that are there can have different things put on them but not for somebody to live because there was a factory, there's environmental issues. Um, so I, I would guess that there would have to be, like I don't know specifically GM a specific part of the property, but usually what it is, like say if there was an old gas station on a corner and you, there's an empty lot and you think, oh, that would be a great apartment building. There's different things that you're not allowed to do on sure. pieces of property that had environmental issues. You might be able to have a store there because people are not living there but when it comes to people living there's there's different regulations so that, that's that there, there's happens, no there's yeah. no environmental uh, uh, thing that can be done to assure like I'm thinking now of the Gales gas or Gales uh, not Gales, Gales Center right that that whole place was cyanamid and they must have done something there to make it um, a place Useful. where people can be used by, by the community I think they put it's a, being uh, used, but people are not living there. Okay, that's right. a good. That's idea. the difference. Right. It's being yeah, used, it's a, but people are not living there. So to, to live there, you're going to get more contaminated than you were just coming and, and playing hockey. So yeah, like in you're living there twenty four periods of time. Short yes. periods of time. Wow. Well, okay. Sure, sure. I have yes. a question. I have a question. Uh, what do you propose? Like, I know you're going. I'm going to be sharing your survey. Do you want to go through the survey right now, Lori? Oh, I, I don't have the survey in front of me, but basically what I was asking was, what are your experiences? How many properties do you own? What city do you own them in? I, I'm interested in Niagara Falls, but I'm also interested in everything that's going on in the region because it's a region issue. 
how how long did it take you to evict someone? How much money did you lose in rent? How much money did you lose in utilities, in renovations and repairs? And just comments. I, I had a section in there for comments, so I was hoping that people would give me some uh, some ideas about why they would want to continue, not want to continue, or things that need to be changed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to be sharing that on all of my association pages, and you'll probably get some landlords coming from all over Ontario, but it's just a Great. reflection of what's happening all over the place. So just uh, so I'm, I'm suggesting to everyone, every landlord, um, to to answer those questions, and then it's going to be sent to Lori automatically. So you know when we're going to be, I'm going to be posting this video, and then I'm going to be posting the the uh, survey underneath, and I ask everyone to please, please respond. So Lori will be able to go to a meeting and be able to go to the municipal meeting, and then after that, probably the region, then uh, probably province-wise, Lori. That's what has to happen. It's important. It? We, we really yeah. have to talk about what's going on and we can't keep saying it's a provincial issue. Things are happening to our residents. So what can we do at a local level that will assist them? Um, I, I know of a couple of interesting programs that I've heard over the past few years. One program was in Toronto. What they were doing is they were matching up seniors with students. So it did a couple of things. It allowed the senior to still live in their home because now they had somebody living there and helping them out with chores. It allowed the senior to stay there because of the financial aspect, because the, the student was paying. It allowed the student to pay a lesser amount of rent. It gave both of them camaraderie and friendship. So that was an interesting program that they did in Toronto. And I've talked about it here in Niagara Falls as well. No, nothing's happened yet on it, but it's something that I, I think we should look into. And then, you know, you can extend that to anything. What if there was uh, a match matching program for two single people? You don't have to be a senior and, and a student. You could just be whatever age you are and try to match people up because... From what I understand, Niagara is one of the most overhoused municipalities. And what that means is you might have one person living in a three-bedroom house and, and nobody else. So we have a lot of extra bedrooms and we have to, you know, it's going to be really hard to match people up. You don't want anybody just coming into your home. There's going to be a lot of work that goes into that. Mm -hmm. Well, good idea, and I hope it works out. I hope I hope uh, that people will answer your survey, Lori, and, um, and that you can get a better idea. Uh, did you want to add anything to that, Dave? Oh, not not much at all. I was uh, mostly listening the whole time, so mm -hmm. so it, to to learn these things. I do know, of course, that uh, the housing issue is going to be not too early settled. No, uh, no. Particularly now with the the real estate costs going sky high and stuff it's going to be yeah. even harder to find yeah. people places to yeah. stay yeah and and, and, and unfortunately sorry but no go ahead go ahead Lori. Uh, unfortunately with covid some people took advantage of not paying rent 
And yeah. now we're going to have a lot of evictions coming up and we're going into the second wave, what's going to be happening. So there, there's a lot of issues on the table right now. And there's a lot of people that are hurting and we, we just have to do the best that we can. I often hear, I get phone calls, Lori, there's a homeless person on the street. So, you know, is there anything that you can do? Some Somebody got evicted for different reasons. Is there anything you can do? What resources? And it's a pretty constant here in Niagara Falls. Yes, it is. It's very sad. Very, very sad. And there's no jobs or very few jobs. Uh, Lori, how can, people, how can people get a hold if, if they want to speak to you personally? Oh, thank you. If you'd like to call me, my home phone number is 905-357-5902 or my cell is 905-931-6370. Or you can email me at my city email. It's L L O C O C O at Niagara Falls CA. Thank you very much, Lori. And I, you know, I look forward to everyone signing into your um, survey. And Dave, you know, like like just keep in touch and let us know what's going well, on. I got, in this one, I got one last question. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Have you ever yet come up with an idea where everyone calls you Loco Lococo? <laughs> <laughs> or, is that just, or is that just for Phil? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, a, a lot of people use that terminology because of the, the, the name. Yes. Yeah. I, th I, I kind of thought so because I thought, mm, yeah, when you were spelling your name there. Well, thank you very much, Lori Lacoco, City Councilor for Niagara Falls. And thank you very much, Dave Wheeler, who's my co-host on all things real estate and all things business and all things Niagara. So we've got a lot of shows that I'm producing. Thank you very much, Lori. I know it's Saturday thank you, night. Maria. My pleasure. Take care, everyone. And it's Maria Ricci here from All Things Niagara. And let's see if we can get more housing in order and get things straightened out. Thanks a lot, Lori. Bye, Dave. Thanks, Maria. Bye, Dave. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye.